All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Can you see it? Did you notice? Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. Ed You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What a don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks 
over at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com. Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic. Check them out on all platforms. Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram. They've got you covered for all of your trading card needs. So be sure to go check them out. We got a hit. Free shipping on any order over $50 Canada-wide. Or you can, like my co-host here, Chris Faber, go out to the Surrey location, pick up a pack. We got a hit. You said it's a hit and it's an Oliver Ekman Larson card? Nope. That's a, that was just in their Canucks card. Also, this, uh, I feel like, jeez, uh, I'm already miss Alex, but Jake Sanderson, he was supposed to be good. I don't think he's been that good for the Ottawa Senators so far, but a young guns of Jake Sanderson, so that's a that's a good card. We'll keep that to the side. And an OEL card, so uh, say what you want about that card. David Quigelli, alongside Chris Faber, yep. technical producer is Aaron Bordado. I'm back in person. We did a Patreon last week, patreon.com slash Canucks Convo. Talk some baseball on that. That was a lot of fun. I'm back in person. I, I think from here on out, I'm back in person because the little birdie boy, shout out Bert, yep. five months old today. No, uh, or no, I guess we can still get a Bert cam because you just have your little... I do. I, I could still get my Bert cam. I, I probably okay. should check on him, but he's fine. He Honestly, he's so good. He just stays in his crate. He's, he's looking huge. Chilling. You sent me a photo today. Yeah. The size of this dog here. The big unit. He's a unit. He's a big boy. I asked yeah. anybody in the chat here what they were up to this weekend. Anything fun? Chris French says a seven-year-old birthday party. That could be fun. Depends if you're the seven-year-old. I'm sure the seven-year-old had a lot of fun at that. Quads, how was your weekend? Is the Bouncy Castle adult-friendly? Because I went to the Vancouver Canadians mm. game last week. Nice. As I flashed the Burt cam here. The camera woke him up a little bit, but he's back sleeping. Yep. Um, I went to the Vancouver Canadians game last weekend, and I don't know if you ever did this because you're an island kid, mm-hmm. but you remember they, they still have it, the play zone for kids. Yep. I don't know if you ever got to experience that. That was a lot of fun. Yep. I had a lot of fun there. Not this past week when I was a kid. Right. I mean... Uh, but I noticed it's not adult friendly, so I didn't have fun at this past week. But I, I should have put it in the work it was tape a, or whatever. But I got a giant pretzel, the eighteen dollar pretzel right. at Nat Bailey Stadium. I got it by accident because I sent my brother to go get me a pretzel, and I was gonna get hot dogs and fries for both of us. Mm. I did that, but then he's like, "You know, the pretzel's huge, right?" And he he had already bought it at that point. I said, "No, I didn't know that." So I uh, I I did a number on my body last week at the Nat Bailey Stadium. Like the last five years. Pretzels have kind of taken over nachos from my from that point of view. Like if you're going, whether it's like a bar or a baseball game or a hockey game, like I feel like pretzels, the big ones. I'm not talking like little the chew like the little bite sized ones. I'm yeah. talking yeah, like yeah, yeah, the yeah. ones that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, big dough. Those yeah, the big doughy pretzels. I feel like they've kind of taken over nachos. Been more specifically like chips and that dirty old cheese sauce. Like yeah. that used to be that for a long time. That rant like when I was going to uh, Nanaimo Clippers games when I was a kid. You'd get that for like three fifty back in the day. It was the chips and the dirty nacho cheese, but I feel like the the pretzels have really taken. The over. pretzel came with a cheese dip. Yeah, it does. Like, beer beer like, cheese, right? Mm, I don't oh, know. Mm. I don't know if this was beer cheese. I'm pretty That's sure it. this is a little closer to what you were just describing yeah. uh, when I went to Nat Bailey. But hey, Vancouver Canadians, get out there, folks! Shout out to the Canadians. Yeah, I got my uh, hat right here. Actually, yeah, I should have worn yeah. mine today. I'm wearing the Padres. Who, by the way, quickly off the top. I'm starting a baseball podcast coming out Friday with Mike mm-hmm. Lou. Padres have the same batting average of, as the Oakland Athletics, who are like the worst baseball team ever this year. But anyways, no more uh, no more baseball talk here. Karan in the chat says, nachos over pretzels any day. I think it, it all depends. Like if you have good nachos, yeah, but I'm, what I'm talking about is that, that dirty cheese sauce and those uh, stale chips, the round ones. I think you, you take the, the big yeah, pretzel all the time over day. that. But I get what you're saying. If it's a bag of pretzels... 
Versus, like, good nachos? Yeah, nachos will win. But I just think the way that the, it's the last five years, it's made a big-time change here. I, uh, I was on the island for the weekend, did some golfing. Uh, Shout-out to the Campbell River Golf Club. They got this, um, they got the Velocity Driving Range. So it's, okay. like, uh, not same, but same kind of deal as, like, a top golf where you hit yeah, the balls I and it saw tracks this. it. Yeah. It's got how far you went, which way you're going, like, side to side, like, ball speed and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that was cool. There was, like, a mode where you were just hitting it for the long drive competition, and it just had, like, a, a football field. And then you're showing how far oh. you're hitting it down the football field. So you had to keep it in the fairway and stuff. And I tell you, man, I all week long, because I, I golfed last weekend, horrible. I was the worst I've yeah. ever played. All week this past week, I'm watching TikToks, I'm watching YouTube videos, I'm, right. learning, I'm doing the grip things, I, and I'm right. absolutely piping on uh, on Saturday. Really? Yeah. What'd like, you shoot? Uh, well, we were playing best ball, so the score doesn't really matter, but I carried my whole team. Nice. We were a team of three, the other two teams were teams of four, and uh, there were, I had I had three birdies all by myself. Like, it, we were playing best ball, but all three of the birds, like, we had five birdies on the day yeah. or something. Three of them were just pure my shots. I love and that Campbell River Golf Club out there, gorgeous. I loved it out there uh, in Campbell River. It was a it was a blast. And uh, now I come back here. My fiance is off on her bachelorette party, so I'm by myself for uh, for ten days. And how is that going so far? I was you know a little bit. I was looking forward to just being by myself. I like being by myself, but last I was a little lonely. I was a little. I came back from a weekend away, and I was like, if you know. Your fiance is not there. Yet. I was a little lonely last night. If I'm being 100 percent honest, so I've had this a few times. Like you, you get know, all excited because you're yeah, like, oh, you I get, get my so space, pumped. I get everything, and then I was, you know, I'm, I'm going to bed last night. And I, I don't know. I had to sleep with the door open and the TV on to act like there was still someone here. Wow. Yeah. No. I uh, I, I feel you. Like, well, personally, I like having the bed to myself. I like just yeah, spreading that out. I nice. like that part. I'm saying, like, you know, I'm like, oh man. You know, girlfriend's away. She's going. She's going away. She's going to. Uh, Where's she going? So, stampede. This Stamp- Calgary stampede Calgary thing. Stampede, yep. uh, she's going with a bunch of her friends, and I'm like, oh, weekend away, weekend away, all that. But like, any time she's gone, I'm like, huh. I I, w- I was excited to play video games. I was excited to do this, but yeah. it's like, you know, I would like to like, you know, talk to her, play Mario Kart, play Scrabble, do one of those things we do. You know, they say that uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So she's gone. She's across the damn country. She's off uh, her bachelorette's in uh, in Newfoundland. Mm. So she she couldn't get further away from me if she tried. Uh, but anyways, let's get to some hockey stuff. Uh, I know you you're very passionate. I'm about this. so you're, fired up about uh, this. You were texting me all Sunday, telling me, "Hey, we got to talk about this. We got to talk about this." Because I'll be honest, gee, you know, I had I had too many drinks on Saturday on the golf course. The front nine was incredible. Back nine, let's not talk about it because I don't remember it. But let's talk about the salary cap because this is, I believe this dropped on Saturday, right? This is when the news came out or was it Sunday? Uh, the NHL salary cap only going up $1 million. We had Frank on the show last week. He was pretty confident that all parties wanted it to go up more than $1 million. Gary Bettman sure poured some cold water on that fire by saying it's going to go up only around a $1 million. What, what's going on here, Quads? And I know you want to go in on this, so rant away. I know that you're not happy about the $1 million. I don't think anybody. That's the part that I, and I asked Frank this question last week. Who wins from a $1 million raise in the salary cap? And he said, like, nobody. Everybody gains from more of the salary cap going up. So I'm confused. You, you, you know more than this than I do. So go ahead on this. It is, it is a joke is the easiest way to put it. Mm. You ask who wins? The NHL in some fricked up way mm. wins from this because they're going to bring something to the bargaining table when it comes to all this sort of crap. 
Right. We, we already know this. That's what Frank said. He said, yeah, it benefits everybody if the cap goes up, but if it doesn't, the NHL has some sort of bargaining chip and it's going to help them down the line. So now mm. the cap is going to go up by a million dollars and we're expecting, but who the hell knows, a sharp increase the following season, 2024-25, which notably is when the Canucks have to pay Elias Pettersson on his new extension. There it is. Up now at CanucksArmy.com. Shout out to Stefan Roger. Wrote something about what that extension might look like. In the meantime, in the 2023-24 season, the cap is only going to go up by a million dollars. $83.5 million. And for those at home, Canucks' cap situation is still looking bad with that increase. Okay. What this does, beyond just, you know, crying, oh, the Canucks, blah, blah, blah. What this does is for the workers, the players in this league are now going to get less money. The ones that are entering free agency are going to get less money. The ones that are entering free agency are going to have fewer teams interested in them. Mm -hmm. The players that are already on teams that are on otherwise decent to good contracts are at risk of getting bought out. The winger market or just the trade market in general for good players is significantly lower. You're not it's it's going to be what it's been in the last 2 years. You're not going to see big movement. You're going to see wingers and whoever going for pennies on the dollar in terms of acquisition cost because teams with cap space are going to be doing those teams a favor because a lot of teams now need the cap space. It is ridiculous. In the same press conference where Gary Bettman dropped this on people, he was bragging about the revenues that yeah. the NHL was generating and, oh, we're doing so well right now, actually, or whatever it was he said. It is ridiculous. It is ridiculous that the NHL is taking this route and only increasing it by a million. It's a joke. It's It makes it horrible for fans of the game. You're not seeing any movement. How often do we talk about the NFL? Hell, we just talked about the MLB and hell, we just talked about golf. Golf isn't a good example. But NFL and MLB. Yep. NFL has a news cycle year-round. Year-round, there's stuff going on with the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is a jet. All this stuff going on. Okay? You're not going to see any big movement in the offseason because the NHL, for whatever reason, has decided to shoot themselves in the foot Mm -hmm. so that they could have a chip at the bargaining table when they go against the Players Association with Marty Walsh now uh, in his first uh, season as NHLPA director. It is a joke. It's embarrassing. It's... And and this this isn't even mentioning, Chris, that most of that press conference was... Yes, we're going to talk to Joel Quenville, and we're going to talk to Stan Bowman, and hope, and they're going to try to get reinstated or whatever, whatever it was. Oh, yes, we've wrapped up our in- investigation on Hockey Canada. If you are a new fan of the NHL, mm. or you're, you're, you're trying to convince one of your friends to start being a fan of the NHL, do you listen to that press conference and say, you know what, this is a sport that I want to check. There's going to be no player movement this offseason. All of the free agents are going to get, you know, screwed over, quite frankly. There's going to be very minimal movement in general on the rosters. This sounds like... And there's all these scandals going on. This is a league that I... This is a sport and a league that I definitely want to check out. This is a great... Talk about growing the game. It's ridiculous. And I should mention... This is a little passionate, but I should mention the facts. 93% of the player's debt that is owed to the owners, as stated in the Memorandum of Understanding that was created with the pandemic, aimed at uh, helping owners recoup the lost 
money that they had in the lost revenue during and, the and pandemic. Yeah, yeah. empty buildings, all that sort of stuff. And that's clearly stated in the memorandum of understanding is that there's going to be no significant cap increase until that debt is completely paid off. As Frank said, that debt is due to be paid off in like October or November. Yeah, Frank it's said going it to be. Almost, he said it was going to be like ninety-eight percent by the offseason. Exactly. And the other thing that I found, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe Bettman mentioned that like they also have to round some numbers, like count. They, there's still some change that they have to count too towards like the ninety-three percent that's already paid. So like, you know, it, it just it feels like this situation of like with the salary cap that they're not moving it up. It also to me. It, it, it hurts the league because it, it's we're in a point right now where think about it like the middle class of free agencies has been completely eliminated. You're either a guy making, you know, league minimum or you're a guy making seven plus million dollars. And look at and there's no the free range. agent class. Like look yeah. at the free agent class. It's a lot of those middle class guys. So like, how are they going to get exactly? Paid? Like so, are they going to get paid seven million dollars or not get contracts? At I'll all? tell you. I'll tell you, Chris. The Arizona Coyotes are going to be active in free agency, maybe, if yeah. they actually commit money to anybody, which that was a joke. I'm talking about teams that have the cap space. Like, hey, you know what the Chicago Blackhawks might want? A couple players to surround Connor Bedard. There you go. And they're going to be able to offer a lot more than a lot of other teams. Not to mention that they've got Bedard on an ELC for the next three years, and that gives you all the clap, cap, clap flexibility. Oh, the cap flexibility in the world. I... It's ridiculous, Chris, and I'm not even just saying this because it's a Canucks podcast. Quite frankly, I couldn't care less about the Canucks situation. No, but let, let's spin it there in a second, though. Yeah, we will in a sec. But honestly, this isn't coming from a point of I wish. I wish the Canucks had more cap space, or I wish the Canucks were in a better situation. I don't care. They got themselves in that situation. I don't really care. I care about the league and the funness of the league. And, yep. and let, let's spin it for a Canuck thing as we wait for Greg Ballack, who's going to join us, courtesy of Zephyr Epic. Um, Let's spin it to the Canucks for a sec, because you know what this means for a guy like Connor Garland, Chris? It means he's a prime buyout candidate. Mm. And it means that some team is probably going to scoop him up for pennies on the dollars, or the Canucks are going to trade Connor Garland, who's a, who's a pretty good player. They're going to trade him for pennies on the dollar and not really get anything back, and they're going to give up that player for pennies on the dollar. You know like, it's it's no, going to be one of those situations. And it doesn't make sense, because this year... You might look at Connor Garland or last year, and with the $1 million cap increase, you're going to look at it and be like, God, oh, geez, I don't know if he's worth that money. But like like Batman said, we're going to have a bit, like a good-sized jump next year. He talked about like a regular jump in the salary cap. So let's guess, like what, $4 or $6 million, somewhere in that range, mm-hmm. especially after you're just getting a one. Hell, it might even so, be up to nine. So then you do it again the year after. So you get nine the year after. Connor Garland's contract's going to look really good exactly. at that point. Brock exactly. Besser's two years, like they're going to look good. It's just you have to eat it for another year. And it just, to me, I don't understand how a league can run like that and not have a little bit of foresight towards this season and being able to kind of balance it. Why does it have to be one year, $1 million this year, $6 million the next year, $8 million the next? Like, I don't understand how they can't balance that. You're a, you're a massive, you want to be one of the big four leagues, and the, and the NHL just seems to make mistakes. And then you, you brought it up, the fact that they come out and they're kind of bragging about what they've done and the revenue that they've had this year, but they can't. It's a joke. Make the balance where the fans actually are impacted a little bit, where fans want to see the movement. Fans want to see an exciting offseason. And we saw like a trade deadline that made it so difficult. How often have we seen trade deadlines really in the past? I can't remember because last year felt like the one or the past two seasons really where money has to be moved with every trade. I was in high school the last time there was a good trade deadline in the NHL. Exactly. It's not worth it. I used to skip school back in the day. I'd uh, be I'd fake sick every time. Every trade deadline, I you know, <clears throat> I skipped a class when the Canucks traded Thomas Vanek for Tyler Mott. That was a good day. Because me and my friends just got together and started talking about the trade. 
And we were like, we're going to see that pick in this year's draft too, I believe. Yeah, we are. So that's good. Speaking of the draft, Greg Balk. Hold on, Jesus, man, you were answering. <laughs> well, he's today. sitting waiting for I us. I know he's waiting here, but let me at least let me start here because it's uh, Greg Balak's going to join us here from uh, obviously from Sportsnet. People know him from uh, six fifty, the morning show. But Greg's been doing work with Elite Prospects as well. Elite Prospects today. I don't know how many pages this thing is. Sixteen hundred pages or something ridiculous like that. They dropped their draft guide. It's incredible. I've already scanned through a lot of it. Uh, definitely going to be diving in full time. Greg is doing the work for the goaltenders there. Greg Balak joins us now, Laddie. Greg, how you doing, man? Jeez, what happened to the hair there? Holy cow. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I wasn't sure if you were going to go with the laddie or, or Greg Balak. So it's, it's good to hear my, my actual name for once. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I also, uh, I don't know what's going on with the hair. I just decided to grow it out. And of course, it's a very good time of the year. I'm being asked to do a lot of video podcasts. So everyone yeah. gets to to witness <laughs> oh, the, looks good. the madness. Oh, it looks good. There's some flow on it when you nod your head. So like when he's really going in on a goal, you'll see that flow. And uh... well, I'm also working with Cam Robinson, too. And he's got the, the hair, right? So I, <laughs> oh, I got to emulate that now. Yeah, good luck. Jeez, that guy's got it uh, going up. But uh, maybe we'll see. I've seen some videos of Greg, uh, of, uh, or sorry, of Cam, like uh, owning his kids in the back. Backyard with the, the water fight. <laughs> your your kid's still too young for that, I guess. At yeah. this point, hey, Greg, you're not you're not you know taking shots at. The I don't know. Just I think you could take them. I think you could. I think you could work that out. <laughs> All right, not let's yet. let's not get yet. into some goalies because uh, we've we've spent a little bit of time just talking about one goalie because he's Italian and Quads wanted to to get in on Damian Clark. But let's <laughs> let's start with what you guys have ranked as your top goaltender in the draft. And correct me if I'm wrong with any of these because you know I don't care about goalies. But Trey Augustine, uh, six foot one guy coming out of the United. States States national team development program. He was their starter, but I did find like there was a lot of different guys getting quite a bit of starts there. I think it was almost like a rotation of two players. Uh, but tell me why Trey Augustine is the number one goalie in your guys' ranking. Uh, well, yeah, it's sort of a toss up this year, right? With the, who the top goalie selected is going to be. And of course, we're probably going to talk about a few of the names here. But uh, yeah, the, the guy that I like the most, at least, is Trey Augustine. And it's 
for the reason that he's the best skater of the the draft class that we have this year amongst the goalies at least. So uh, the fact that he's so polished in that regard uh, just makes me very excited about his his floor just to know that he's at least going to be a professional goaltender where he goes from there. The the sky is sort of the limit with him, but you at least have that base knowledge knowing like he's, he's your safe bet. And he's, he plays such a very technically sound style. I know that's such a cliche, but I, I put him in the same regard as like a, a Dustin Wolf, Carter Hart type of goaltender where they're going to be off a few teams draft lists or further down simply because of his size He's six foot one, so he's not a tiny goaltender. He's same height as those guys that I mentioned. Uh, but it's what he does with his size that excites me, at least. When you actually look at the reasons he's having success, it's his technical details of his game. And it all starts with his skating. Like I said, it really begins and ends there with, with a lot of goaltenders. And uh, he's able to play just a controlled style. You you never feel like he's out of the net when you watch Trey Augustine. That's the part that excites me, right? When you... You just see him make, he has to make a bold move, but he's right back in his net. You know, he has very good, uh, what I call net awareness. So he knows where the frame of his net is all the time. So like I said, he's not the biggest guy, but the size he does have, he keeps it within the frame. And that's such a unique thing that you don't see in 17 uh, year old kids very often at goaltending, at least, right? You you tend to develop that later on in your, your career, but he's got it already. And that's the part that excites me. Crease awareness reminds me of Michael DiPietro. Easy. Easy name to throw out there. But, okay, uh, Greg, who's got the most upside of any goalie in this draft? Who has the most upside? Because you just talked about it. Augustine, obviously, safe bet. He's going to be a pro goaltender. Who's got the biggest upside? Well, a lot of people look at the the six foot six uh, Michael Horapel uh, out of the USHL, Omaha Lancers. He's... Uh, he's got that potential, right? I, I compared him in the, the EP ringside draft uh preview to ben bishop and i know it's a it's a tough comparison simply because he's just a huge guy but he's able to use that size effectively already which is another thing like i said that with trey augustine comes a little bit later for most goaltenders but he's got it already so you can sort of build from there already with him which is the exciting part right so a lot of teams will just look at him see the six foot six frame see that he can move a little bit and be excited by that already and have them way high in their draft ranking simply because of that. They won't even look any further. They're just going to go there. But there are other aspects of his game that that are uh, bode well for the next level because he can't just be a huge guy and expect to do well at the NHL level. So uh, for me, uh, one thing that really stood out with Harabal was his ability to get edges anywhere. So there's actually one clip that I have of him. He's fully splayed out on his back, and he lifts up his left leg, and he's, he gets an edge, and he actually – pushes across the crease on his back somehow like he just he, he's able to get an edge anywhere and you know that's that's the type of mobility down when you're low and out of position even for him where you're still able to move and you're six foot six like that's not an easy task for shooters a lot of the time when you, you have the type of frame moving around the way he can uh, maneuver with his edge work so that's uh that's a guy that you're going to see a lot of uh, people say will have the highest ceiling in this draft, because you, like I said, you look at that framework where you can work with, with that. And man, there's, there's a lot you can do with that. And then there's the guy that you kind of alluded to off the top, who uh, I would like to talk about of it is uh, Damian Clara, who you won't see maybe a top of a lot of lists, but he's made a lot of ground in the last little while. So Quaz, are you, are you excited about this kid? I mean, yeah, cause he's Italian. I honestly, <laughs> like I haven't done the draft research that, I, cause, cause here's the thing, Greg, and I, and you, you understand this, the draft research I've done, in past years, I really liked Koskenvo in his draft year, but I'm always looking at it through the Canucks lens. 
So I'm not really looking in the first three rounds because I mm-hmm. don't think we're going to see the Canucks select a goaltender there. So what I'm looking for is the guys in the later rounds that maybe, you know, they're playing behind a porous defense so their numbers aren't sexy or whatever it is. Um, you know, they have a lot of raw talent. That's I know that's what Ian Clark really likes to target when he's looking at these goaltenders. So I haven't started my looking at the back of the draft because, honestly, it took me a while to find Koskenvo, but then once I did, I was like, yeah, they're definitely taking this guy. Like, this guy <laughs> is their draft pick, and then sure enough, they took him in the fifth round of that draft. So I haven't really done my draft research, but I do know this Italian kid's there. Tell me about him. <laughs> Yeah, if you're hoping for him later in the draft, that might not be a possibility. At least lately, it's he's gotten a lot of buzz, right? He's getting a lot of people talking about him uh, as a as a high riser of the goalies, at least in this group. You know, he's uh, he's not a guy that came into the year with a lot of clout, but he's certainly coming into the draft now as uh, uh, it's, it's like a split with him almost. Yeah, I feel like some teams are overlooking him, and other teams have him right up there, possibly even top of their list. So. Uh, I certainly have him higher than than most people that I've seen uh, in terms of the rankings. But uh, what what really gets me about Damian Clark isn't the fact that he's also six foot six. Yeah, he's another massive goaltender in this draft group, but he can skate. And it, you know his his finer details of his footwork need a lot of work, which a lot of bigger goalies tend to need some time to figure out. There's a lot of movement going on with those limbs when you're that big, uh, but he's strong. And and the types of pushes that he gets, uh, whether it's from reverse VH or even from a standing position, it's it's a strong push. And you know he's got that that strength already. And what that leads to, and what makes me really excited, is the fact that he beats passes on his feet. So when you're six foot six. And shooter gets a pass, looks up, and he's already on angle, in position. You know, he doesn't take a lot of depth, but he, he uses it when he can. Uh, but either way, you look at him, you know, there's not a lot of visual net to shoot at. That's going to excite a lot of scouts, right? They're, they're going to see that framework to, to work with. Uh, he's a goalie that you would assume would do really well in, you know, a system that's strong and, and predictable. He's able to focus on the primary threat. That's the that's the kind of guy I want to get from this draft, right? He's... Uh, he's if he's available in the third round you know that's i think that's a time you start looking at taking a guy like damian clary and like i said he might not even get to that point if there's a team that has him at the top of their list he might be the the first goalie taken which is uh he's probably the if this is vegas betting odds he'd be the third guy i have as the first goalie off the the draft i'd have augustine and and harabble ahead of him but uh yeah, in terms of top-end talent, he's he's a guy I'd be looking at. I wonder if there's any dirty betting sites where you can just be like, first goalie off the board. Like, I've never seen that. <laughs> but like that, this, you know, it'd, it'd be great to get that. I know well, it's, it would be such a crapshoot because it's, you guys know, uh, ranking prospects in general is tough, yeah. but ranking goalies, it's it just comes down to which team has a pick in which they would consider taking a goalie and they have a goalie that they really like mm. that they would consider taking. So it's, it's tough to get them in order when it comes to this time of year, but... You know, for me, Harabel would be my betting odds favorite to be the first goalie off the board. I personally would take Augustine as the first goalie, Hmm. uh, but Hmm. those are the two big names. And then there's the wild card, like I said, Clara. Can't teach size. That's what it comes down to. Do you have anything else on draft? Because I'm going to start talking to you with Greg here. Just one question about the draft, and it can be a quick one. The first goalie taken off the board last year was 41. You're assuming that I, I'm assuming because this draft feels a little bit deeper. Do you think a goalie goes ahead of 41 this year? Are we looking? Are we looking towards like the third round potentially? Being, do you see a guy going in the second? I guess should be my question. My my general vibe, if you're going for the vibe check for the, for the goalies uh, getting taken, uh, as you know, it's, it's it kind of happens and then there's a run of them, right? Mm. So that's that's who will be the first one to kind of break is the way to look at it. 
and my general vibe was kind of late second round. You start seeing him come off the board. The last week or so, I've been hearing possibly higher. I mean, we'll pick 45, 46, 47. Teams might already start be looking at a goaltender. So that surprised me. I was thinking with the type of class of goalies that it is, it would be a later second round pick. You start seeing them come off. But that's the, the latest scuttlebutt is uh, some teams might be looking even higher in, in the early second round range. Okay, because I was getting excited here and there wasn't going to be in the first two rounds. It's, it's about <laughs> time the hockey world's coming around to this. Uh, but, Greg, one thing that you were very early on, and I know this was something that you contributed to Elite Prospects, was talking about some of the free agents that were available. The Canucks end up signing the goalie that you wrote about at the time, Nikita Tolapilo. Mm-hmm. Let us know about this guy because we I look at the Elsvenskin numbers and I'm like, oh, wow, they, they have something here. So... Do they have something here, Greg? Yeah, I I like them. You know, from my report that I did, and I didn't know the Canucks would be signing him. Uh, you know, at the time that I uh, I wrote it, and I I had a positive review. You know, he's a another guy. He's another massive goaltender. I feel like there's a, a lot of those that we're talking about these days. But uh, uh, yeah, he's a guy who's developed slowly over the past couple of years, and you know, had a pretty good season in that you know Swedish league and. I just think he's a good project. You know, he's for a guy like Ian Clark, he's sort of your typical, you know, guy that can move a bit already. And, you know, Anders Nilsson kind of brand goaltender that you're looking at. Uh, and I think he's got a, a decently high ceiling. You know, if he could, if he can do what he did with Markstrom to Tolopilo, it's, you know, he's got the framework there for it. Uh, whether or not he gets to that point, I think is, uh, you know, he's got some tracking to figure out, which tends to come with working with Ian Clark. You know, you, you work with him and things tend to domino start to fall into place. So I think uh, I'm never going to doubt uh, a guy that maybe he had his eye on and wanted to bring into the organization. So that's uh, uh, the fact that I had a positive already review before I knew Ian Clark also wanted to bring him in is, uh, you know, reassuring, but uh, yeah, he's, I don't, you know, I wouldn't expect him to be, you know, guns a blazing right. As soon as he's going to need an adjustment when he gets to North America, but uh yeah, I think he's definitely a guy down the line you could you could look at as an option. I shared that feeling when I had the Koskemvo, when I called out Koskemvo before uh, before the Canucks actually <laughs> drafted him. And I'm glad you brought up Tolopilo because nobody talks about him in this market. Everyone's like, oh, who's the third veteran goaltender going to be? I think I, I think you've got to go with a split of Seelovs and Tolopilo down in Abbotsford. Demko gets hurt if that happens. You call up Seelovs. He's ready to start NHL games, but I think he just needs to play games. Like That's that's my take on Seelovs, Greg. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just saw him at Latvia uh, at the World Championships with Latvia Tournament MVP. My take on him is just that he just needs to play games, and quite frankly, I don't think it really matters if it's in the NHL or the AHL. I think he mm-hmm. just needs to play games. So this talk of him, oh, he should be the backup at the NHL level, I don't buy it. I don't think it's... I, first of all, it doesn't make financial sense if you're ownership, because Spencer Martin's making the same no matter where he is. So I think Spencer mm-hmm. Martin's your goaltender at the NHL level. You call up Seelovs if you actually need a starter at the NHL level. I think Seelovs just needs to play. What do you think about the goaltending situation as a whole for the organization? Yeah, I know. I, I just I feel like I don't want to be an arty party pooper, but uh, <laughs> so I was workshopping that one with a dog behind the scenes. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, Arter Seelovs is a guy that I have been proved wrong about. I think recently, and I you know should have known better than uh, a guy that again works with Ian Clark and, and obviously has the skills that Ian Clark identified as somebody he'd want to work with. So. Uh, 
for me coming into his Canucks career, it was all about the aggressiveness and whether or not he could tone it back a little bit. Uh, you know, if those guys tend to get even more aggressive as they struggle and as they feel like the game is faster around them, they feel like they need to get faster and it's just a bad recipe and it can be lead to a lot of guys going back home real quick. So I had that kind of worry with Seelabs when he came in. But again, working with Ian Clark, he's obviously a, an expert that reeling the game in and, and using the aggressiveness when you need to, but not necessarily all the time. So uh, he's done an excellent job of, of adjusting to that style of play. And it's certainly paid dividends, right? You see the consistency that follows. He still has those ups and downs because he is at the very base of it, a rhythm based goaltender, right? He's, he plays a lot of reads off the rush. You know, he's uh, still aggressive with his depth a lot of the time, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's better than it was. Right. And you, you see a little more consistency than you did before. And you're going to see, need to see a lot more of that if he wants to get to the next level. So I preferred to see, you know, I, I like the Tolopilo signing, signing, but I would have liked to see a more um, experienced veteran uh, mm. third option brought in. I know like a Colin Delia sort of style goaltender, I would have gone even a step further um, and, you know, instead of spending eight, 900 K on a goalie, maybe spend 1.3, 1.4 million on a backup third option, just because you need to have another guy with, you know, 50, 60 games under his belt that knows how to step in and play. And I feel like, you know, a guy I've been I've talked about on the show, I've been really high on in his career is Anthony Stolarz. I know he's injured now. He's not an option really, uh, but that style of goaltender, you know, a guy maybe under the radar who's been a backup most of his career, but you need someone like that in the organization. And I feel like the Canucks would have benefited from a more solid third option like that, rather than somebody out of Europe. That's a project that you're going to work on. And then a young kid. And then a Spencer Martin, obviously who had his struggles last season, who I still think is a capable backup goaltender is you can't, you know, look too much into that sample size the team was a mess in front of him yeah. you know so I, there's a lot of I have a lot of time for Spencer Martin and and the way he's played but teams now need three goaltenders right and I I'm less confident that they can do it with the three that they have now I would have liked to see a, a third option that has a little more experience there's a lot of talk about listen if if Demko does go down Silovs gets that starter role but like I when I first started looking at Tolapilo I'm like this nobody played more games in Osvenskin even though he's young like he had the mm-hmm. wheels played off of him. So I'm, I'm really curious, like, and obviously Ian Clark likes this guy. Like, uh, are we not talking about him enough in the goaltending mix? Like, because I feel like what he did in the Alsvenska is damn impressive are. for his age. <laughs> well, yeah, we have on this show. I'm already 40 minutes past the too much. I, I just, you, you hope those adjustments are quick, right? Yeah, exactly. If, what if the Canucks have an injury early on, right? And oh, there you go. He's your option. He's your next guy up. Like, yeah. that scares me. That scares me for a team that supposedly is going to have playoff aspirations, right? This is... This is the stuff you have to think about before the season begins. Like, what are our options here? And to me, going into the season, if I was the goalie guy within the organization, I'd feel a little uneasy. You know, I'd have confidence that I could do it with these guys, but I certainly wouldn't be going in saying, yep, we're, we're a team that's set. We got we got our guys. That's that's not the feeling I would have going into the season. Well, Greg, we'll leave you on this because I just want to ask you, you being a part of what uh, Elite Prospects did with this draft guide, I, I've loved it the last couple of years. I've, uh, I haven't been on for all three, but this is, I think, my third year using it. Uh, how much fun was it just working with the Elite Prospect guys and being able to contribute the goaltending aspect of it for this year? Oh, it was awesome. It was uh, big props to J.D. Burke and, and the gang because they, they brought me in sort of mid-season. And I didn't get to experience the full uh, starting of it all, but just being thrown into it and seeing the the amount of collaboration that went on to to creating that thing, and you need to have that that to for it to exist, right? It doesn't exist without that type of collaboration. And uh, it, it was just really cool to see how everybody had a voice, and uh, you know, it's a tough tough job being the goalie guy coming into <laughs> that, right? Because it's 
you know, not, there's not a lot of people that you can really talk goalie with, right? It's, you're just kind of, everyone just kind of listens to you and say, okay, yeah, but it, they, they know a bit more than the average. And, and, and even JD had uh, really nice things to say about some of the reports. So I'm, I'm very pleased with how it turned out. And uh, I try not to be too negative. I feel like I come across really negative when I, when I talk goalies because it's a lot of it, you know, you're, you're comparing guys against each other, right? But at the end of the day, these are the best in the world. And you just have to think about that. And um, yeah, this, this, report i hope uh, helps guide people in in this draft and uh, there's 32 goalies in it and uh, i i sort of just tried to uh, talk about their basic style and and the way that they play and what to expect when you watch them play was sort of the way i went about it so i do get into detail their their, their ups and downs and what's good and bad about them but i tried to just give you sort of a visual idea also what to expect when you you flick on a game and see this kid playing what style of goaltender are you going to expect to see? So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, I, uh, I highly recommend it. Absolutely. It, it's an incredible guy. What, 1,600 pages, something like that? i got to double-check this thing, but just ridiculous for anybody yeah. that wants Command to. Command F is your friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> for that one. Greg, you're our friend, and we appreciate you joining here to talk some goalies. It's been uh, way too much for me. I, I love you, Greg, but <laughs> God damn, I, I'm, I'm staring outside the window. It's bright outside. I'm done with this goalie talk. boy, so, Greg. We'll nicely, see you uh, <laughs> next week. We'll have you right back. Oh, no, I don't know. <laughs> I was wondering how Fabes was going to take this, so this no, is I'm, exciting. I, I'm, I'm good. You, you didn't glaze over at all during my discussion. Oh, if I got closer to camera, you could see my eyes are watering. Yeah. I'm, I'm just like falling asleep but the brightness from outside the windows keep me awake here but greg no in all honesty appreciate you uh taking some time and uh chatting some goalies with quads and, and i'm also here too so thanks <laughs> there he is greg. always a pleasure guys absolutely greg greg ballack joining us there uh from elite prospects not even sports now we won't even give them a shot too. he's there in the morning as well he's good on health breath really good i i thought it was funny yeah. to hear because yeah like how do you go because have i don't know if you've seen elite prospects but they have their youtube videos where they show like the live discussions about rankings and stuff mm-hmm. and i just I haven't watched all the videos start to finish, but I'm curious to see, like, uh, when they get to the point where Greg just, like, says a goalie, does everyone just, like, does anyone rebuttal? Like, you yeah, know, exactly. Or are you just like, okay, Greg's got him at 55. Let's put him there. I'm, like, I'm surprised. I, JD at one point was like, uh, Quads actually told me he likes that guy. Pick someone else, Greg. Yeah. All right. JD doesn't like my goalie takes. Yeah. JD and I butt heads well, no, quite I a mean, bit. Uh, okay, so Zephyr Epic, promo code hockey season yep. is the one you're going to want to check out there. Let's, uh... Like I, I got some business. I, I got know. some business to take business, care of. Yeah. You're so ready to go. Uh, UFC is coming to Vancouver. The oh, UFC yeah. returns to Canada for the Woo! first time in almost four years with UFC 289. Amanda Nunez versus Aldana at Vancouver's Rogers Arena Saturday, June 10th. Amanda Nunez, best uh, female fighter of all time. I, I, I think she's up there. She's she, up there for sure. Ronda Rousey in her prime. Remember, no, everybody I, thought I know, Ronda Rousey, but then she went to WWE. It's a, it's, a, it's a long thing. But Amanda Nunez, I would not mess with Amanda Nunez. Oh, I wouldn't I'm mess a, with any of them. I'm excited. Course, you and I are going to be there watching it. We are. Uh, we will be in the building. They're not giving well. Irene much of a chance, I'll tell you that. Everyone's going Nunez here. Well, Nunez is... And, yeah, like, you're right. Nunez is kind of the... Um, the she's definitely the top fighter. and yeah, Champion. Yeah. It, it, she's a champion. It, it, it's hard. It's hard to pick anybody other than Nunez for any fight that Amanda Nunez is in. Yeah. Uh, okay, so six Canadians have been added to this card. Mike Malott from Burlington, Ontario. Jasmine Jazaduvicious, yep. St. Catharines, Ontario. Malott's well, teammate, by the way, we should mention. Right. Mark Andre Burial of Gatineau, Quebec. Uh, Eamon Zahabi of Laval, Quebec. Kyle Nelson of Huntsville, Ontario. Diana Belbita, born in Romania, but fights out of Stony Creek. Ontario might be talking to Mike Mallett uh, later 
this week as well. So go check it out. UFC 289, June 10th, Saturday on pay-per-view. Or at the building below us, I don't know if we can pull up camera three here, Aaron. Uh, Rogers Arena right there is going to host UFC 289 this week. We are very excited. We're going. For we're it. gonna have. A, we're gonna have a good time. You and I at it. Right? Yeah. Well, we, we can't. We're we got to cover it. We're not, we're working. We yes. Can't, we can't drink it this thing. Uh, no, oh, we we're shouldn't. working. Yeah, we. I'm work. still gonna get a carved sandwich. Well, yeah, and I'm still gonna be drinking four pops throughout the whole thing. I'll tell you <laughs> that. I'm gonna have four ginger ales. I wonder. Hey, you know what? And, and this is no slight against the Canucks, mm-hmm. but. I wonder what the refreshment hey. situation is like Ooh. when the UFC is running things and it's not the Canucks. I tell you what, uh, we'll have to see. We'll be reporting on it. We'll be talking about it. I'll be talking about it. Listen, the, the Canucks, they did a good job. They got five different teas options. That's, and that's true. pretty good. Canucks, yeah, they I got like their my snack teas. Bar. I had the same rotation every, uh, yep. every Canucks game. First period, pop. Second period, tea. Third period, coffee. Heading down to do post game, tea. Same thing. The Canucks actually made me start eating veggies. Because that first season that I was at every game, that was my first year living alone. That was my place to eat veggies. I tried veggies because that was the press box meal. 12 bucks, press box meal, always had some veggies. Gemma Carson Smith also is to blame there. Yep, she also made me eat the veggies. I used to skip true. them at the buffet line. She's, but the now, mother, she's the mother of the press box. That's right. Okay, let's go. Well, I, d- I didn't really have anything in odds and ends. I wanted to, let's just, uh, I did notice this. I will bring this up. Uh, Dmitry Simashev is the left shot defenseman. He's six foot four. Elite Prospects has him at number ten on their list. Uh, and then you can find this in the draft guide. And by the way, there's <laughs> we're gonna probably be mentioning this draft guide a lot. I just want to say, like the Elite Prospects crew, what they've done with this, like it is it is the best thing before the draft. The amount of hours that these folks have put into work on this is it's incredible. It, it's the best if you want to learn about the draft. Highly recommend it. You just get like the monthly subscription to Elite Prospects or whatever it is, and or EP Ringside. Totally worth it. I get it. Uh, after I got, I couldn't believe how good it is. But Simashev comes in at number Simashev comes in at number ten, I think, on their list. And I, I we're not really talking about him a lot because I think the Russian factor is going to be interesting here because th- this could very likely be the best defenseman in this draft. Right, he's six foot four. He's one of the top five skaters in the draft according to Elite Prospects. Like, there's a lot to like about this guy. But because he's playing in Russia, you don't really know. And it's not like he's got a KHL contract and he's going to be gone for four years like Mitchkov. But I'm, I'm curious to see if the Canucks, the way that they've kind of been moving in the direction of adding a lot of Russians to their team. We've talked a lot about Reinbacker. We've talked a lot about Willander. Listen, I, I think Simashev, though he's a left-shot guy, in the end, he might be the best defenseman coming out of this draft. He just doesn't have to be a right-shot guy like we see with ASP uh, or Willander or Reinbacker. So... I'm very curious to see if that's a direction where the Canucks want to go. I guess I got to check and, and double check here and see if uh, he's a Milstein client because I feel like that'll come into play at some point as well. But just a player to kind of watch here moving forward to the defenseman. We're going to spend a little bit more time talking about that uh, as as the weeks go on here. But uh, a lot of goalie stuff today, man. I tell you, it'd be nice to have a defenseman specialist, right? We don't never get no defenseman specialist on the show. You never hear about that. Nobody's ever defended. We got Ballot coming in here talking goalies nonstop. I tell you, I almost I I almost lost it there a little bit. All right. Well, it was fun to be back in person. Yeah, we're gonna be back on Thursday as well. Yeah. Yeah. Atlas Goods poll question. We'll have one promo on code. Well, hold on. Promo code CC fifteen. Yep. Just vote in the chat, folks. Promo code CC fifteen fifteen percent off your order of Pop Ryan's. Be sure to go check it out. Uh, Atlas Goods. AtlasGDS.com, 15% off your order, like I said. Uh, locally owned and operated out of mm. Surrey. The best pork rind straight from Microwave or Air Fryer. Right, right. Do you want a constant Burt cam on the YouTube live show? We had one person say they wanted it. 
I look, I don't know. I, I don't think I would want to see someone's puppy all the time. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I say this as a puppy owner. I don't I don't know if I'd want to have that all the time. Oh, too much. So Atlas what Goods, go check it out. It, never mind, I'm not gonna say He it. doesn't do that in the crate. Okay, I just asked if he did or not. He doesn't I didn't, even I didn't do even, that. I didn't even ask. Yeah, I know what you're saying. You've in been talking here, you've S- been talking bad about his potty habit since I got him when well, I, told I told you, you he I was gonna be potty trained well, you, from the day I got him. And I told you. Is he pissed on the floor? He has once. There you go. What did I tell you? Yeah, yeah. okay. You're talking. Okay, whatever. Once a week. SN Outa asked, uh, meet up in September visiting from Hol- my homeland. Homeland. The Fabers. They're big uh, back in Holland. That's where uh, my grandparents are from. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll work on some meetup stuff. I know we got uh, we got our, our sales September's guy. September's tough, but stuff. we're going to figure September some stuff out. September will be tough. I'll yeah. tell you what, though. If, I, if you're down in Victoria for uh, training camp, I'll see you then. Come through. Yep. You're coming to training camp, too, I believe, so. right? Yeah. You're not going to Young Stars, though. No. No, I'll be at Young Stars and training camp and the draft. You know, come on. Development camp, I'll be everywhere. I'll probably go to some development camp. Days. Okay, uh, we'll close it out there. i got to get home. Uh, okay. It was fun being back in person, though. Yep. A lot of fun. Lot we'll of be fun. back on Thursday. We're going to try and do two shows a week all the way up to the draft, I think. Yeah. Maybe not the week of the draft because it, it, the little why, tough. Why isn't the draft a Friday, Saturday? Don't even start. I loved waking up Saturday morning and just having Saturday of like keeping up with. Now you got to do it Thursday while you're at work. I think it's kind of ridiculous, but we've had enough. Uh, we've thrown enough uh, daggers at the NHL, so let's wrap this up. Uh, let's get out of here. We'll be back on Thursday, folks, and, and new time. 1230. 12.30. That's the Burt friendly schedule. It's a Burt friendly schedule. You can get here in person. It's yeah. much better. So and uh, Batters Box podcast, all MLB podcast. I'll yeah. plug it more on Thursday. Coming out on Friday. I'm making the intro. I'm very excited. Yeah, you are. That's going to be that fun. Right after this I'm very excited for that. Very excited. Recorded the first practice episode yesterday with and, Mike Lou. Yeah. It went really, really well. So and I'm thanks really excited. to Greg Ballack as well. Good goaltending yes. stuff in there. Listen, I didn't care for it, but I hope some people enjoyed it. <laughs> yes, thanks to Greg Ballack and Zeph Repic and all of our sponsors here at and the UFC. Conversation. And Saturday. That, yep, Saturday. Check them out. UFC 289. Okay, we'll wrap it up there. For my co-host, Chris Faber, and our technical producer, Aaron Bordado, our thanks once again to Greg Ballack. My name is mm-hmm. David Quadrelli. Thank you so much to you, the listener, for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Yep, there we go. Fight's coming up. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 